Welcome to Respect the Hustle podcast hosted by the nursing students at Mount Royal University. My name is Adriana Fons. I go by she, her, and I'm in second year of nursing school. And where we focus this semester on is community health. I want to acknowledge that we are on Treaty 7 land and I am super excited that you guys are here. So the Respect the Hustle podcast is student-driven journalism that examines what issues are affecting our community. This series looks at what we are gaining and losing by committing to the hustle lifestyle. So we intend for the series to be conversation-based, informal, and all about the experiences and insights of our community. I am joined today by Newt Pirankam and Lisa Antichow to discuss income insecurity and how students can navigate it. Thank you guys for joining me today. So Newt, can you start us off by telling what your preferred pronouns are and what year you're in and program, sorry. <laughs> so um, me, I'm she or her, and I'm in the second year's nursing student. Awesome. Thank you. Welcome. And Lisa, can you tell us your pronouns and explain what you do for work and what program you run? Yes. Sure. So my pronouns are she, her. I'm the support services manager with the Students Association here at Mount Royal University. And I oversee the operation of our food and financial security programs. Awesome. Thank you. It's nice to meet you guys. (laughs) So I guess I'm going to start it off with just kind of like gaining an understanding of what income insecurity is. I found a really nice little article that kind of described, uh, gave a definition of what it is, which is the anxiety produced by possible exposure to adverse or like not foreseeable economic events and by anticipation of the difficulty to recover from them. So a great example nowadays is our inflation and minimum wage or most wages not matching the inflation increase. And according to the NCHA, Working for pay was reported to be the number one way MRU students spend their free time. So not putting enough aside for themselves and they just go to get some money. So that's why like, I feel like a big thing is hearing the student budget, right? I don't know if you guys hear about that a lot, but it's been a big thing growing up for me. And kind of what we first see with that is the struggles of foods, right? So you buy like ramen noodles mac and cheese and you kind of steal some condiments from Costco because it's like a reward for spending $300. (laughs) And it's something we need to talk about because a lot of university students end up supporting themselves and they're working part-time or full-time jobs while being full-time students. So I wanted to know, Newt, what your experience has been with juggling university and working. Oh, it it was my stressful time, I could say it. I have to spare my time after being at university or class. So I have to find a job, work part-time to make enough to pay my rent and also other expenses because I have a child too, even more. That sounds like really difficult. So do you you find yourself thinking more about how you're going to pay those bills rather than I have this exam coming up and I need to study for it. It just happened from time to time. Like I, I think like every month 
when I have to pay for my credit card, is I have enough? And also, I don't want to be late uh, paying my rent. I have to save by dollars by dollars, yeah. save like very um, little to to pay enough for those things. Yeah. And also thinking about like I have to pass the exam. Otherwise, I have to repeat doing that again, and then I I, I cannot afford to pay more the other year for another year. So. Yeah, totally, I don't know what it's like to be a mother. I mean, I'm a fur mom, but <laughs> it's not nearly how much it is to like take care of a kid. I mean, I kind of understand the struggle because I am knee deep in student loans and I work a part-time job while, you know, being a full-time student. And I can understand like that. That struggles, it's, it's pretty hard, you know? So I guess my next question is for Lisa. How feasible do you think it is that some students are trying to pay for their schooling with a minimum wage job? How feasible do yeah. I think it is? If they're making minimum wage, it's probably not very feasible at all, yeah. you know, and they're having to access things like student loans, which are great, but then put the students into debt. So, yeah. And then like, yeah, if you have children, that's an even bigger financial burden that you have to carry with you. So... Yeah, it's pretty amazing um, some of the things that people have to do, some of the sacrifices they have to make to be able to afford to go to school and afford the things in life like rent and food. Yeah, and like with your time at Mount Royal, have you seen like a fluctuation in the financial needs in the student body? So unfortunately, my scope is very limited. I've just been in my role for like the past year, year and a half, and we're just coming off of like a weird last year of COVID, right? So, but sorry, the question was, have I seen an increase in need? Just like anything like like fluctuations in the needs, like with the raise of inflation, has there been more need, financial need? Yeah, I mean, well, we have an emergency student loan program that we administer through our peer support center, and we've done that for, for many, many years. And so that that program is certainly in demand. I, I guess it has been in demand for many years. Okay. I feel like this year we've seen people access that service sooner than we normally would. So if someone gets $8,000 in student loans, for example, you know that might last them three months or closer to four months, whereas now maybe it's only lasting them you know, two months, two and a half months. So I feel like, yeah, people, accessing that ser- people are accessing that service sooner than normally maybe they would. And then we have other programs that we've seen demand in. So like our free breakfast program, for example, like, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we saw 200 people come in through the door one day. And that's that's pretty huge. Like usually we're averaging, you know, 120 people, for example. But just seeing an increase in that kind of tells me that there's, you know, people are needing food resources because they can't afford food. Yeah, totally. And those are so like intertwined, right? Like yeah. food needs and income needs. Absolutely. And- with oh another one sorry oh, yeah, i just thought no, of something yeah it. one program where we we have seen demand was our there's a good food box program that it's a partnership with an organization called community kitchens and with that program you get a, a box of fresh produce comes in once a month and it's a minimal cost and so prior to the pandemic you know we would sometimes struggle to fulfill our minimum order quantity, which is five boxes a month. As soon as we got back, as soon as we started doing that program again, so in September, we immediately saw like 40 people coming. So now we're averaging like 40, usually around 40 boxes per month. And those are numbers that we hadn't seen before. So yeah, totally. I went to the grocery store recently and a singular bell pepper was like $5. Wow. And I'm like, how are we going to kind of manage this? And I like we did some research on this. And when it comes to 
graduation times, like people who reported to be low income, 10% of them will graduate way later than their peers of like better income families. And that seemed to be from what I understood a lot of having to pick lower amount of classes so they can afford to, you know, pay their bills, right? It's it's kind of insane. And as nursing students, we always want to look at like what that does to our physical and psychological health. And it's pretty uh, self-explanatory that, you know, you're going to be dealing with a lot of anxiety um, and depression and anxiety are like buddies. And so they're dealing with a lot of that, which can end up leading to a lack of self-care. And with lack of self-care, then we're looking at lack of taking care of your body, right? Because like for me personally, I, you know, I'm considered low income because I don't live with my parents. I take out loans, support myself. And my favorite food is macaroni and cheese with multivitamins on the side. So I can try to get some multivitamins and vitamins in there. Because if we're, we're at a pretty decent, like young age, as like the majority of students are, uh, we're really abusing our bodies by not giving them the proper nutrients. So we're looking at a higher increased risk of hypertension, uh, type 2 diabetes mellitus, which then can lead to other complications of the heart, heart disease, everything like that, which, which sucks because then it's like right now we're like, this is fine. But later we're like, this was not, this was not fine, you know? And I always find it a problem with interacting with different people because, for example, my coworker at work, she a nutritionist and she said well whole foods are the way to go i'm like of course they're the way to go but how do we afford those whole foods right so i guess for new so how do you balance you know working but also making time for yourself and taking care of your body i would say that it's hard to manage my time at the very beginning i, I try to focus on school right and also have to think like how many hours can i work so i have to put those my free time, for example, like on the weekend that I don't have class because I cannot work during the week when my son's with me because I have to be at home. So only the weekend that I have and which is not that much, but also I have to catch up with everything at school too. So that's quite a lot. Yeah. And Mm. Sorry, what's what's the question again? <laughs> <laughs> Just like how, like, give uh, do you have examples on how you do kind of manage both the struggle of making money and taking care of yourself? Yeah, so I I can do just like I I told before, and then also I try to find uh, like uh, the resource to help me out. And luckily, that I happen to to live in the building that is not for low income, but it's low, low on the market so that I don't have to pay like like regular uh, price compared to others. Yeah, um, even though um, just forget about like taking time to take care of myself. Yeah, I have to focus on my son too, right? What yeah. he needs and what when he gets sick or maybe he needs uh, activities or fun stuff, so. That's my prioritize. So do you feel like there's not a lot of time left for yourself? No, not not really. But as I get into the program, the like nursing program, I realize that it's important that I that we have to take care of ourselves, right? I try to to do it like maybe two or three times a week during at night time or try to or even like thirty minutes. Yeah. 
taking a bath or something like that. Yeah. And something small like that could actually like yeah, that, that doesn't cost any money. Except for if you pay water. Yeah. But like <laughs> yeah. that's okay. Well, I was gonna ask about the resources that we offer here at Mount Royal too, but you gave a great explanation. I guess like do you find there's like a kind of a wait list happening? Like I haven't experienced having to go to the emergency kind of loans, thank goodness. But I know like my rent just like increased like three hundred dollars and I'm like, I'm out, peace out, right? I'm not paying for that. So I can see why like there's such a demand of it. So do you find like there's almost it's creating like a wait list for people to be able to even access these resources that we're offering? For most of the programs no, or like our, our emergency student loan program, no. So we can pretty much accommodate as many people. At least we have historically been able to accommodate those that have needed to access it, which is really, really great. We do have a small bursary program, though, and we do have limits on the amount of funds that are available there. And every year we'll go through those funds. And definitely for that program, demand will um, outweigh what we have available. Well, we have a screening process that we go to, that we go through, and so it's it's kind of first come first serve, but but also they have to sort of like go through that screening process, and we you know ask them we have an intake form, and we ask them some you know personal questions about about their life, and look at talk about you know their monthly expenses and what their monthly debt is, and you know consider if they have children, if they have medical expenses if they're working, all that kind of stuff. And so based on all the information we gather, then we make an assessment on whether or not the um, bursary would be approved. That's awesome. I'm glad there's no wait list. And then I guess for kind of my final question for you both is kind of what advice would you offer to individuals who are experiencing the student budget or are about to enter the student budget life? Uh, New, you could go first if you have any advice. Yeah, for me, I uh, when I straight out about the money, I am just try to look at the big picture, uh, what am I doing? Like I, right now I'm investing uh, my education for the better future. So it's okay to, to be in depth in these periods of time. And meanwhile, try to save and try to get help with uh, others or people or resources. Oh, that's great. You know, just remembering that you're investing in yourself and it'll pay off, you know, eventually. And yeah, how about you, Lisa? Do you have any advice? Yeah, for sure. I'd say look at what resources are available to you, either in camp, on campus or in the community, and take advantage of those resources. Or some professors will use open educational resources where you don't have to buy books at all and all the resources are free. So First year, I did not know that. I bought it all, right, because I think it's, I need it, right? And also, I, I don't speak uh, English as a first language, so I need to read a lot, right? Later on, I found out that I can't just... Go it online, get the e-books, but it's gonna hurt my eye a lot. But it's okay to, you know, save a lot of money, like five thousand. Oh, no, sorry, five hundred per per semester. <laughs> yeah, so I rather not to to buy it. Yeah, we will hear people say that they'll be in their fourth year and they like just discovered our free breakfast program, right? So, so yeah, so look and see what's happening on campus because yeah, maybe you can come for free breakfast, then you can save that money and then put it towards, you know, some debt that you have or other meals throughout the day, right? Or increased rent prices, for example. We also have, we have a free tax clinic that's going to be coming up and we've done that for seven years now. So don't go to H&R Block and pay them. Come here and get your taxes done for free if you qualify, right? So, 
see what's out there, see what programs are out there, and take advantage of those programs. So with our free tax clinic program, there are some criteria that people have to meet to be able to be eligible. So you have to be considered low income. So that means you had to have made um, about $35,000 or less in the previous year to qualify. Most students do <laughs> have made less than $35,000. So most students qualify. As well, you have to you have to have a simple tax situation. So like if you own your own business, uh, we would not be able to help you. If you, you know, owned property, which most students, I don't think they do, you know, we wouldn't be able to help you. But in most cases, if you have, if you're considered low income and you have a simple tax return, we can file your taxes for you for free. Yeah, we get a lot of repeat customers come to that. Our, our last year, yeah. yeah. You used it last year? Yeah, I so, used it oh, last wonderful. year. Oh, yeah. wonderful. That's great. That's, yeah, that's so helpful. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's good. Like 80 bucks to 100 bucks per mm-hmm. Yeah, or whatever it is. I think each kind block takes a percentage of your refund. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. yeah, totally. Well, thank you guys for joining us and giving the insight discussing about income insecurity. So you have been listening to Respect the Hustle podcast. Thank you for tuning in. The Respect the Hustle podcast is run by the nursing students at Mount Royal University. You can find us online at livewell.buzzsprout.com. We are also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. For more information about income insecurity, feel free to check out the links in the episode bio. If you are going through any of these things, just know you are not alone. Everyone is living that student budget life. It's a struggle. Go get your free ketchup packets from Costco. (laughs) This series is produced by Jesse Back with support from the Community Podcast Initiative. Thanks to artist Seth Makes Music for our theme. I am Adriana, and thank you for listening.